The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. Welcome to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCoon. I serve as pastor of Zion Church. We're a congregation of believers who trust in the simple message of God's sovereign grace, where families come together to worship God in spirit and in truth through the simplicity of preaching, praying, and singing. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. If you live in the Gordo area or if you are visiting in the area, please join us for worship. We meet every Sunday at 1030 a.m. and 5 p.m., and on the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. Yesterday, we began posting portions of the ordination service held on May 14, 2022, for Elder John Morgan Owens. In the first podcast, we heard the opening prayer by Elder Wayne Crocker and the questioning of the candidate as to his soundness in the faith by Elder Tim McCool. Today, we hear the ordination prayer by Elder Mike Ivey, followed by the portion of the charge delivered by me, Elder Chris McCool, on that occasion. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit.
there are no other questions from any other elder at this time. Okay, at this time, um, I'd ask that the ordained brethren in the presbytery would, if you would, join me in laying on of hands, and I'm going to ask Elder Mike Ivey, when we gather around, if he would, to pray the ordination prayer. Most glorious and ever to be adored Heavenly Father, we come before you on this solemn occasion with joy and sweet anticipation in our hearts. We thank you, Lord, for the gift that you have given Brother John, for the burden that you've laid upon him. Heavenly Father, we thank you for ourselves that you are continuing to call young men in to preach your word. Father, we're thankful that you're not through with us. Amen. We pray for this dear brother, Heavenly Father. He is your child. You love him more than we're even capable of loving. And so we know, Heavenly Father, that you always will have his best interest and the interest of those he serves at heart. Father, we pray that you would bless his ministry by continuing to empower him by your spirit to preach your word in power and in demonstration. That by his preaching, Heavenly Father, sinners would confess and repent and be converted. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would allow him to grow in grace and knowledge of the doctrines of truth, and that by experience and by study of your word, he would increase in his benefit to you in serving your great people. We pray, Lord, that you would just increase um, the grace of your love as he goes to and fro and in and out among your people serving them. Lord, we pray that you would help him to be an observant servant. That he would, Father, be able to notice those that seem to shrink back and not want to be noticed. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would guide his steps as he continues to serve you in steps of righteousness and paths of righteousness for your name's sake. That his ministry day by day would be an example, Heavenly Father, of godly living. That, Father, he would be an example to your flock of faithfulness. We pray, Father, that you would bless him even during the trials and tribulations and afflictions that accompany the service that you have called him into. Father, we pray that... Um, you would allow him to forgive others for the sake of loving you. We pray, Heavenly Father, that um, you would allow him to rise above conflict and to seek only truth and to seek justice and mercy in your name. We pray, Father, that as he has learned of others who are faithful men, that he would in turn teach others who would teach faithful men who then would preach your word also. 
We pray, Heavenly Father, that he would continue to look to Brother Chris and Brother Tim and other ministers as his father, fathers in the ministry to seek wise counsel and direction. We pray, Heavenly Father, that his word would be a burning coal, that your word would be a burning coal in his mouth. That, Father, um, he would um, think upon your word often, that he would read your word daily, that he would study and seek understanding, that he would grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ Jesus. We pray, Heavenly Father, to prevent him from being stuck in the minutiae of daily pastoring and studying of the doctrines. That, Father, you would give him always the big picture view that Christ Jesus had when he saw um, all of those that were hungry and had compassion. We pray, Lord, that his would be a compassionate ministry, that it would be a teaching ministry, that it would be a loving ministry, that it would be a, a ministry that admonishes and exhorts and that thoroughly uh, instructs those that come under his teaching. That all of this, Lord, would be done as you increase and he decreases. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I was remiss in uh, the prayer that I just prayed. And if you would bow your heads, I'd like to um, just add something to that prayer. Heavenly Father, we pray for Brother John's sweet companion. We ask, Father, that you would comfort her in the times when she's left alone as he goes and ministers to your people. We pray, Lord, that she would provide a cheerful home for Brother John to come home, a secure place, a comfortable place, Heavenly Father. We pray, Lord, that you would give her good health, that you would comfort her in all of the trials. Father, we pray that the things that she hears that are building up Brother John, she would not allow to cause her to think higher than she ought. And Father, the criticisms that will be whispered that will come to her ears, we pray, Lord, that by your grace and mercy that she would just forget them. And we ask, Heavenly Father, that you would use Brother John's ministry and her ministering to him as an opportunity for them to grow in grace and knowledge in their marriage to one another. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I appreciate those good words and I appreciate your forbearance. Uh, I'm not gonna take very long, but I do have a few words I need to say before we close this out. Brother John Morgan, in the 20, eighth verse of the 20th chapter of the book of Acts. I just want to read one verse in your hearing. Paul has come to Ephesus where he spent about two years of his life. He made many friends. He made, he preached a lot of truth. And he's here for the last time. They're not going to see him anymore and he knows that. And they're going to sorrow over that. And these are his last words to this, not just the church, but to the elders of the church, the, the pastors of the church. He said, take heed therefore unto yourselves 
and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. There is so much here that I could spend hours speaking about, but we've been here for a long time today. But I believe it's been important that we be here. And it's been important that these words that have been spoken have been spoken publicly. We know what you believe, but it needs to be public, what you believe and what this church believes. So I want to take just a, I just want to say a few things about this verse. Notice what it says here, first of all. This is very important, and it will be very important in your ministry. I have learned this. I know of, of what I speak. Take heed to yourself. There's a reason that when the stewardesses on the plane stand up to give that little spiel about safety, that they say when the oxygen mask comes down, place it on your own face first before you try to help somebody else. Because if you're not nourished, if you're not keeping yourself safe on that plane, you're not gonna be able to help your children or anybody else. There is no better analogy I know for the ministry than that. You will prosper at times in your ministry when you're not close to the Lord as spiritually as you need to be. You will. The Lord, the Lord blessed the children of Israel with water out of the rock when Moses was being disobedient. He, you know why he did it? Because he's merciful to his people. Amen. There have been times this dear people that I love so much here at this church have been fed by God when I was not where I needed to be spiritually. But I can tell you this, it won't last long. You can't go that long. Okay, amen, amen, brethren. There'll be a point where you'll hit a wall. The Lord will take you up onto Mount Nebo and say, you're not going into the promised land if you don't get yourself back where you need to. Take heed to yourself, brother. And let me just say this too. We are ordaining you today to a call that the Lord has has given, not that we've given. We're not making you a preacher. You'll leave here being elder, John Morgan Owens. And sometimes people look at that and they think, oh man, he's moving up in the world, okay? <laughs> Brother David's already talked about that. You're a doulos, you're a minister, which means a slave. You are not a professional. The ministry is not a profession. Amen. It is a calling. Right. Don't ever forget that. If you don't remember anything else, I've t you are not, you, you are in, a, in the legal profession. You're a lawyer in a, what we call a profession. You are not joining, you're not adding another profession to your resume. That's right. You are becoming the servant of all. Yeah. You're becoming the servant of all. He said, take heed to yourself, therefore, and to all the flock. All the flock. Now, I know you're not pastoring a church right now, but chances are real good that someday some church will call you to be their pastor. But whether they call you or not, you're still ministering to, 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 to people now. You're ministering to people in our church here as long as you're here. And that means you're to minister not just to the easy ones, okay? Not just to the faithful ones. Not just to the ones that you get along with the best. Not just the ones that think like you do. Not just the ones who are always there and always faithful. It's tempting to neglect the neglectful sheep. 
and to hang out with the faithful sheep. I heard it said by a minister one time that if you're going to shepherd sheep, you're going to have to smell like them. <laughs> now, that's no disrespect to the sheep because we're sheep too, okay? But the point is you're, you can't get lifted up on a pedestal. You've got to get down and dirty with the people. Brother David talked about the personal evangelism. You know, personal evangelism is not standing on the street corner with a microphone and a, and a loudspeaker yelling at everybody that goes by. Personal evangelism is is one-on-one, is, is, -on -one, is meeting, putting yourself out, putting your family, neglecting your family sometimes to go and minister to those that, that may not be on the right track doctrinally, that may not be on the right track morally, that may not be on the right track spiritually. But if you're going to shepherd sheep, you're going to have to get down where they are. And it's tempting to just say, you know, I'm just going to hang out with everybody that's here every Sunday. Every, you know, so, but you've got to reach out. Uh, the, the song in our book, um, Do Not I Love Thee, there's a, that third verse. Hast thou lamb, and all thy flock I would disdain to feed. Jonah had a lot of lambs that he didn't want to feed, <laughs> about 180,000 of them. He said, Lord, sure as I go over there and preach to them, they'll repent and you'll forgive them. <laughs> and he did. He preached to them. They repented. He forgave them. <laughs> and then the last we see of Jonah is sitting out in the desert with the sweltering heat, pouring, beating down on his head and, and, and bitter at the Lord. That's not you. I know that's not you, brother. It could become you, though. It could become you if you're not faithful and careful. Okay, let me flip the coin, though, just a minute. Take heed to all the flock. It certainly doesn't mean just taking heed to the easy ones, but it also doesn't mean just taking heed to the difficult ones either. Okay, don't get lost in the mountains seeking an erring sheep and neglect the sheep that are in the fold. Okay? Now, I'm not talking about eternal life. You know that. <laughs> Only the Lord can bring one. I'm talking about the ones that have been born of the Spirit that are struggling out there, lost in this world. There's also those in the fold that you need to, you need to take care of. It's easy to take them for granted. It's easy to take for granted the ones who are faithful, always there, and always be seeking the sheep that are straying. Don't forget to encourage the faithful. How do you do this, preacher? You say, how do you do it? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm still trying. I'm still trying to figure it out. But I know this. There's a place in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, I believe it is, where Paul starts talking about how he's a savor of life unto life to some and death unto death to others. He said, and who is sufficient for these things? Paul, the apostle, said, I'm not sufficient. But if you go on down in the third chapter, there's a place where he says, our sufficiency is of the Lord. Amen. So that's how you do it. You do it by relying on the Lord. Take heed to all the flock. Listen, over which the Holy Ghost had made you overseers. The word overseer is the word, Greek word episkopos. That's, that's a proper translation, absolutely proper translation. And the nuances of it are, a, it has to do with a man who is charged with the duty of seeing that things to be done by others are done rightly. That's what you're to do. It's like a curator or a guardian or a superintendent. That's what you are. Ezekiel chapter 33 talks about a man who is the watchman on the wall. Do you know that's, that's a sad duty? 
That's a sad duty you may come across. The, the duties of the pastor are to try to tell the, the flock what the, what the Word of God says. And, you know, I heard Brother Sonny Pyle say this one time, and I believe it to be true, that it's a whole lot better to, to, to preach those things when there's no problems. To, if you live at the top of a high cliff, it's a lot better to build a high fence at the top of the high cliff than a first aid station at the bottom. <laughs> you know, and so preach those things. But there may come a time when you have to be the watchman on the wall. And all you can do is say, brother or sister, I just want to tell you the enemy's coming if you continue down this path. That's a sad duty. It's a deep duty. It's your duty, brother. Your job is to be overseer. Because you are, remember, you didn't campaign for the job. And the church didn't elect you to this position. You've been called by God. Called by God. And ultimately... Notice what it said. Your job is to feed the sheep, not to browbeat the sheep, not to drive the sheep. It's to feed the sheep. And that means you've got to love the sheep. And that means you've got to have something to feed the sheep. And you don't have anything in yourself to feed them. But all you need is right here. This is the sweet food that a sheep and only a sheep will eat. And by the way, it's also not your job to run the goats off. Goats not going to eat sheep food. <laughs> Feed the sheep. The goats will take care of themselves. One thing, too, that I want to say to you, that in order to do that, you must be a peacemaker. And, and Brother David, if I might say this and not be boastful about my own son-in-law, um, I've never known anybody personally that's more of a peacemaker than Brother John Morgan. I can vouch for that to this presbytery and to this congregation. But I heard Brother Furman one time tell me that when the old bulls fight, the little calves run away from the trough. You remember that, brother, because that's true. That's true in nature, and it's true in the church of the living God. The most important thing that I want to leave you with, and I promise you I am finishing. It's what I've said many times here at this church to the congregation that I say to myself every day. It's not about you. What we're doing here affects you. It affects Sister Meredith. But you are called by God, Brother John Morgan. It's not about you. And by the way, it's not your church. It's not your church. He said, this church is the church of God, which he had purchased with his own blood. On the grassy banks of the Jordan River, he asked whom do men say that I the son of man am? And Peter spoke up and said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my father which is in heaven. He said, and he said, and I say unto thee that thou art Peter. And upon this rock, that rock being the revelation to Peter that he was the son of God, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It is his church. It's not some secondhand plaything, Brother John Morgan. It's the most valuable thing in all of the universe because it was paid for by the highest price ever known to man, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is not a trifling thing to pastor a church. It's not a profession. It's not a job. It's a stewardship. And I want to say to you that this church that you're going to be serving, whether as a member, and by the way, this applies to everyone here who's a member of the church.
it's not a trifling thing to be a member of the Lord's church. We ought not to treat it like some disposable thing, like some passing fancy to visit when we want to. Jesus died for you so that you could have what we have here today. And when we ignore it and we cast it aside, we trample underfoot the blood of the Son of God. This is not some trifling plaything. It was purchased with his own blood. If you'll remember that, you'll be successful in your ministry. Oh, you won't be necessarily elevated to heights of fame. Your brand won't be known throughout the land. In fact, you may be known as Paul said he was known as a fool for Christ's sake. You know that? We're fools. You know all of us up here in the Presbytery? We're fools. All of you who are ministers, you're fools. <laughs> But I hope if you're a fool for Christ's sake, that's the greatest glory you'll ever have. Right. Amen. That's the greatest, most glorious position you'll ever have. Take heed unto thyself and unto the church that the Lord has made you overseer of, which he has purchased with his own blood. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com that's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C-1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. 